Sure did love that that pork, man. That was good. And of course, yes, Jay and his guns, armed and dangerous. That's right. <laughs> hey, we've been talking about just being blessed and living a blessed life, and uh, so we want to continue in this series. We're going to talk about who's on first, and so. Uh, Originally, uh, before I've showed the Abbott and Costello who's on first, Zach and I just performed this at Tri-Rivers just a few months ago, uh, but it's six minutes long, so I, I decided not to do that today, so some other time maybe we'll see that, but you know, you, we're all familiar with the story and that the little funny bit, but we want to talk about really who's on first. We want to talk about who's first in your life, and that's what's going to apply when we're applying finances. This whole series is because in the world today, the world that we live in runs on money. It just, everything is geared around money, what money, money, and it's okay. And here's the thing. It's okay to have money. It's okay to have things. You just can't let money and things have you. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Money's not evil. And I'm going to talk to you about that in, the, in even the weeks to come about the spirit that resides on, on money, and all of different things like that, just good biblical things. Today, we're going to talk about how it can apply to us uh, in being first. Not money being first, but our hearts being first and putting God first, number one, in our hearts. So, you know, we'll have people that'll say this. I'm, I'm working here on my, my microphone here. Uh, you know, they'll say, um, God's first in my life. And God may be first in your life, but we all know sometimes what we say isn't exactly always the complete correct truth. If we looked at our check register, is God really first place? Because this earth curse system or this world runs on money, we talked last week about being tested. Every time we got paid, I ask anybody to get paid once a week, people raise their hand twice a week, bi-weekly, raise their hand once a month. Who many didn't get paid? And people, some people are like, oh, that's me. You know, and we get it. But you know, we honor God by what happens and what we do. We're tested every time things come into our hands, what we do with that. Every time we get wealth or that comes our way, how do we honor God with that? So that's what we're going to talk about. Not from the book of Brett. I'm going to tell you and show you what the Bible says. But one of the reasons I had you turn around and say akuna matata, because I think, you know, as much we all are familiar with that phrase, it means no worries for the rest of your days. I'm not going to sing anymore. Not that I sang any of that, but I would like to live stress-free, worry-free. Wouldn't that be better if we could have less worry, less stress, be able to just, you know, uh, enjoy our life and have all of our financial needs met? That would be great. How many would like that? The more that we follow God and the more that we yield to his ways, then we find that because we can have that type of relationship here. Some people say, no, we'll have it when we get to heaven. Well, you don't need money in heaven. There isn't money in heaven. You need to hear that. There, there's, no, there's no money tree in heaven. You're not going to go down to the five and dime in heaven. I'll take a couple halos and I'll take some of those heavenly bars. Those would be good. That's not going to happen. And what we're going to do is we're understanding that in this system, but we can live under God's rule, under God's kingdom, and live stress-free, worry-free, and have our needs met. And so we're going to talk about who's on first. We're going to talk about that. So Exodus 12, they were set free from Egypt. In 13, the next chapter... The Lord said to Moses, this is one and two, dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born, both humans and animals belongs to me. So the first thing God says is you better put into practice if you want to walk in freedom. The first, the first part, the first portion, the firstborn belong to him. Verse 12 and 13, you must present all firstborn sons and firstborn male animals to the Lord 
for they belong to him. A firstborn donkey may be bought back from the Lord by uh, presenting a lamb or young goat in its place. If you do not buy it back, you must break its neck. However, you must buy back every firstborn son. So our first point today, and I'm going to explain this just a little bit. Now, obviously, this is Old Testament, and people will say, well, we're in the New Testament now. But we read in Malachi, and if you remember last week, and we've talked about it, God says, I do not change. This principle is clear throughout the Bible. It's, it's really from Genesis to the maps. This principle, God doesn't change. These are laws that are set, and so he's trying to show us something. So our first thought for this morning is this. Firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed or bought back. So if you had an animal, whatever animal you had, and the animal was clean, and he was male, then he had to be sacrificed, the first one. Uh, and if the animal was unclean, then you had, it had to be redeemed or bought back, in essence, by the sacrifice of a clean animal. That was the law back in the day. The principle still applies. Aren't you glad the law doesn't like that? Some of you are nodding. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> Just trust me, it's going to be okay. <clears throat> but God said that, uh, you know, just let's even go back to the Garden of Eden. You can, you can eat of all these trees, but you see that one? That one's mine. You, you, you can't have that one. You can have all these, but not that one. So he is, he is putting these things in practice. The, the, that first one, that's his. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed, depending if it's clean or unclean. Let me ask you this question. Were you born clean or unclean? Unclean. Okay, we, we don't, uh, you know, we're born, we're all sinners. Aren't you glad you're saved by grace and by his blood and all of that? And the reason I say that, think about what I'm just saying. His blood sacrifice, remember, firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. We just sat there, my redeemer lord almighty that same principle even though that's a song that is what it's talking about so we were born unclean every one of us were born sinners we didn't have to teach our children to misbehave you don't have to teach your kids that i i told zach one time i said listen you are not to have any of these cookies you cannot have any cookies no cookies look at daddy's face no cookies it's not lunchtime no cookies all right dad okay i go into another room i come back in zach is elbow deep into the cookie jar what are you doing getting you a cookie i did not teach him that his mother did. No, she didn't. <laughs> no, she didn't teach him either. But so, you know, we were, we were all born sinners. It's just, you know, that, that's how that happens. But was Jesus born clean or unclean? He was born clean. So if you remember, Mary was a virgin, Holy Spirit, Jesus. So he's born clean. All right, so the clean was sacrificed, Jesus, so that the unclean, us, could be redeemed so we could be bought back that's why he went to calvary that principle god cannot disobey his own word so he has to apply this law this kingdom principle and he had to use his own son to do that so really jesus is god's tithe did he have what's his first son that was jesus so this principle is what you need to understand why is that important well it's important so that we can live forever with with christ for sure but god had to give first and we have to give to god first 
Because what happened back in the day, you didn't have, it doesn't take any faith to give second. Let me just say that. If you had a male animal and you're like, okay, well, this one has to be <laughs> sacrificed. You couldn't just say, well, let's wait and see if I have another male. Maybe, maybe she'll have another male. Maybe she won't. You had to live by faith. It doesn't matter whether she did or whether she didn't. Firstborn went to God, sacrificed or redeemed. If it, you know, so one way or the other, something had to happen by faith. It doesn't take any faith if you're saying, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tithe. I know God wants me to pay my bills. Sure, God wants you to pay your bills, and he does, but he wants you to do it his way. I hope that makes as much sense as I can say, because what's tough is talking about finances because finances rub people the wrong way sometimes. I was a bank teller uh, before uh, when Kim and I first met. Mallory has been a bank teller. People can mess up their account and get mad at you. And you didn't do anything to their account. You're just telling them what the balances they have or what they don't have. And they're mad. And you're like, I just am reading what's in there. So this principle of just saying, God, I want to do this first for you. I want to do what you're asking me to do. That's the principle. First is what brings the blessing. If it's not first, it's not faith. It doesn't take any faith to wait. You know what? I'll I'll pay all my bills and then I'll see what I have left to give God. Now, I know that sounds kind of strong, but that's just the truth. Either God is going, you believe that he is going to supply or he is not. And some people will have to make some adjustments because you're saying, I can't do that. Because if I was to give what I believe God is telling me in your first 10%, you're going to have these other. So I don't know what that is. I'm just saying, when you realign your life with God, watch what happens. God gave Jesus in faith, believing for a return. Jesus was God's first fruits offering. Matter of fact, he's called first fruits and the firstborn. And the firstborn represents Jesus. The firstborn must be, again, sacrificed or redeemed. The first portion is the redemptive portion. God says, if you give me the first one, you give me the first one, the rest are redeemed. Give God the first portion, the rest is blessed. Would you rather go through life with 100% that's not blessed or 90% that's blessed? I'd rather have 90% that's blessed or 100% that's blessed because I, I gave my first portion and I have the rest that's blessed. It all boils down to your heart. If you really trust God or if you do not. Any first thing given is never lost. Any first thing not given is always lost. I'm just, I'm being as practical and what, why it's quiet is because you're thinking and processing but it's, it's, if you think it's sometimes a little bit hard to listen, try preaching at one time. Because, you know, right now I have a big target. <laughs> but what I'm trying to tell you is this. There's been times that I have done probably what you have done or, you know, whatever. Where in the past we're like, we are not doing this. I, I can't afford to tithe. I'm going to give. We need a new this because this broke. And so we, you know, in the beginning, we had done that before. It never worked out right. It seemed like something else happened that I always lost whatever money I should have just. Does that make any sense? I mean, it's just why? Because there wasn't blessing on that. Secondly, 
the first fruits must be offered. Exodus twenty three nineteen. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. And the rest of that's just talking about you must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. But I want you to see the first part. Notice the word bring. You can underline that in your Bible. You can highlight that. Circle it if you'd like. Notice it also says the house of the Lord. People think they can give their tithe anywhere, and the Bible does not say that. Their tithe belongs to God, and it belongs into the house of the Lord. You cannot designate your tithe. Your tithe is is just returning. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Why did God tell him to bring all the spoils from Jericho to God? Now, the story is like this. You know the story. We'd sing it as kids. You know, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. (laughs) And the walls came a-tumbling down. Okay, we get the story and we understand they walked around the city, you know, and then at the right time they shouted. But everything inside the city, God said, I want all of the spoils. And so when I grew up reading, I'm like, well, I don't get it. I mean, that's a lot. You know, God, what do you, why? Here's what I'm saying. And this is what you need to understand. Their job, they had 10 cities. Remember, we talked about the number 10. We talked about 10 being a number of testing. That's why God asked for 10%, not 8%, not 12%, but 10. It was a testing. Every time we get paid, we are tested. So they had 10 cities to conquer. Guess who city was number one? Jericho. That's why everything in Jericho went to God. He didn't require all of that in the other cities, but he did require of the first one. And if you remember, Achan didn't agree with all that philosophy, and so he took some things and stuck it under his tent. And it cost him his life and his family. Because the Bible says, and I'll read it here in just a second, he says, before Achan got his grubby little fingers on it, it was consecrated. It was blessed. But when he got it and took it away, it became cursed. You see, it's going to take faith to give God first. It took faith to give all the silver and all the gold from the first city. They, they didn't even know, hey, we got city number two. What if we don't win? What if some people die before they ever get to city two? We don't even, sometimes we don't even read the Bible because we don't read the Bible. But if we would understand, these, these are just people at a different time frame than us, but they're living in that time frame with some of the same issues we got. Some of the same insecurities we got. But God, I got this now. I need this now. Once we get paid... That money becomes consecrated. In other words, it's separated. It becomes blessed to go to God's house. And if we don't do that... Now, this is what's hard to preach because people don't like strong words. They don't like... Well, he's just trying to get you... I'm not trying to get you just to put money in the church. That's not my heart. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to teach you a principle that I did not write. I'm trying to teach you something that God says. So we need to understand, I want to live blessed. I want you to live blessed. 
And I, you know, so, you know, blessing, cursing. I want to be blessed. Why? So that I can be a blessing to others. You see, your, your tithe doesn't belong in your, to remain in your account, your checking account or, or your savings account. I'm going to be, a, you know, I'm going to try to get through this as quick as I can. Now, listen to me. Uh, for years, I was ordained in the Assemblies of God. I was an ordained minister in the Assemblies of God. Left there with good standing. We're independent now. There was an AG church here. They weren't going to do two. We went independent, and I'm happy. Okay? I was tired of religion and politics, not saying anything against the Assemblies of God. I'm just saying I'm glad I'm independent. All right. Enough said. We're cool? Cool. All right. Listen. In the Assemblies, you had to tithe... If you're the minister, you tied your, you had to tithe 10%. 80% of your 10% went to the district office. 20% could stay in your local church. That was their requirement. They never had to ask him and I. We always tithe all the time. So what we did is we wrote our check. As soon as we got paid, we wrote our check and we stuck it where it was supposed to go. I mean, on the refrigerator or wherever, because once a month we mailed them all the four checks. Are we together? So... Now, here's my, here's my point. That money has already been removed from my normal account and already separated. Even though I had not mailed it, I had already, we had already made that separation. In other words, we don't count it in the account. We don't go, well, hey, we got that if something comes up. Hey, so it's already been separated. You need to understand how important that this principle is. There's people that can be given. They were like, I tithe. Boy, I've been tithing. And then they find out they're not tithing their first fruit or their first portion. Then they find out I'm not really tithing. I mean, I'm giving 10%, but I'm not biblically tithing. And they don't understand why seems like it seems like they can never get ahead and things are happening. This principle will change how everything starts happening for you. This is how God accepted Abel's offering and he refused Cain's. Genesis 4, 3, and 5. When it was time for the harvest. Now, your Bible might even say if you have a new King James, you know, in in the process of time. In other words, Cain's viewing his garden or whatever he's looking at here and saying, "Mm, I'm going to keep this one. This pumpkin might win the the hall harvest party. This one's a good one, though. I'm going to give him. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to keep that one. I like that one. Um, uh, oh, look at that cucumber. Ooh, ooh, that one beside it's not as big, but it's still nice. I'm going to take that one. So he's taking that and he brings it to God. Abel does the same principle we talked about in the beginning of this message. He takes the first one. He takes this is here. It is here's the first offering. Male. This boom. Here you go. Best. Doesn't matter. It's first. And God says, Abel. Secret handshake. No, actually, he didn't say that. But he, he takes Abel's offering, and he, and he refuses Cain, and Cain gets ticked. And later, you know, Cain kills Abel, first murder in the Bible. It isn't that God doesn't like veggies. He does. But what he's saying is, you did not give me first fruit. You just looked and surveyed, oh, I'll take this, I'll take that. Abel said, this is all yours. First comes out, this is yours. 
One's a farmer, one's a rancher. One brought the firstborn, the other didn't bring the first fruit. And God said, I'll take the firstborn. You see, God is the best, isn't he? You can't improve on God. He's number one. So he can't accept second best. He can't make a mistake. He's, he's perfect. So there's no flaw in him. Here's thought number three. The tithe must be brought first. Second Chronicles 31.5. When the people of Israel heard these requirements, they responded generously by bringing the first share of their their grain, the new wine, olive oil, honey, all the produce of their fields, they brought a large quantity and the tithe of all they had processed. Notice the word brought. You can circle that or underline that in your Bible. Malachi 3.10 says, bring all. Notice these words, brought, bring. I'm using to emphasize that because the Bible never uses the word give when it talks about tithing. It never uses the word give when it talks about tithing, and I'm going to explain why. It only says bring or brought, because you cannot give what is not yours. You cannot give what is not yours. You need to, you know, if, if Kim and I were going away on a trip, and, and I'm going to say Sean, I can see Sean back there. <laughs> I think that's Sean. Yeah, okay. And Sean says, you know what, PB, can I, can I use your your Acadia because I mean while you're gone we're going to take Kim's little red beetle because we're going to be cool in the little bug so we're going to take that yeah you can take the Acadia because you know him and Lacey they got some stuff to do and then when we come back from the trip you know uh, Sean comes up and he says you know what pastor we've been really thinking about this we've been praying hard about it and I think we've decided to give you back we want to give you the car we you can have this be blessed take this it's our gift to you well, he's not giving me anything it was my car in the first place he's just given back to me and that's what tithing is tithing is just returning what is already god's it's already his that's why i can't give god my tithe i bring it to him because it's already his tithing is literally like insurance in your garden to keep the bunnies and the deers from eating all your cauliflower Kind of, you know what I'm saying? Offering is where multiplication comes in, and I'll show that to you in another, uh, another lesson. But I cannot give what is not mine. We have all kinds of people that want to get around that. I don't want to tithe. I want to do this, or I gave my tithe here, or I gave it here to, to this. And there's great ministries out there. There's great ones on the television. And there's, yeah, I mean, I get it. There's some in the community. That's fine. You need to give your tithe. You bring it into the storehouse where you're fed. That's what the Bible says. You don't designate your tithe. That's not yours. And if we start doing that and we're wondering why it, I've been trying to tithe, but this is what's happening. Stuff is still happening. Listen to what I'm saying. Look at what you're doing and see if God is being first or if you're sending your tithe in different places and just trying to, if God, now listen, there's been times that God has said, I want you to give to this ministry. I'm just being as honest as I can be to you and as upfront and as, as real as I can. If he wants us to give to the ministry, then it's going to be an offering. It's not going to be our tithe because our tithe is not ours. I don't designate my tithe. So now I'm going to sow in an offering above my tithe. So I can't get around that. Here's another thing to clear up. 
Do you bring the tithe of everything? People ask me this. Pastor, do you tithe on the gross or the net? Well, how much do you want blessed? We tithe on the gross. Some of you might go, oh, that's gross. But we do. Whatever comes in, we tithe on that. I mean, so if you, know, if you make uh, $100 before they take out taxes and you got seventy-three twenty or whatever, I'm going to tithe on the $100. I'm going to give $10 on that $100 and then whatever I wanted to do for offering. That's what I'll do. If, I, if money comes to me unexpected and somebody says, God told me that I'm supposed to just bless you with 40 bucks, you need to understand $4 is coming out of that 40. I now have 36. Do I want to sow anything? See, the problem that we have is we don't put God first. But now it's become such a thing that that's, that's, you have to do that. And it's amazing what happens when you put God first. So let's break this down. We tithe on the gross. We don't designate the tithe and we bring it into God's house. I want you to help me out. So help me count this out here. I've got 10, $1. Well, I just told you the number. I got $1 bills here. Let's go. Okay. What would be the tithe of those $10? One dollar. And she's already ahead of me. But yeah, it would be. It would be one dollar of ten dollars. That's ten percent, correct? So, you know, I was, I was teaching Maddie this principle. She got a job at Myers, and she's watched us do it for years. And so I said, Would you rather I mean, what if God turned it around? Give me ninety percent, you can have ten. She's like, I don't like that idea. Well, nobody, I don't think, would like that idea. But God is just saying, this is not because God needs money. This is about, he's teaching, he's doing this for us, not for him. Because he's God. So there's, in heaven, that's not going to mean anything. But this is a heart issue. Remember where your treasure lies, your heart lies also. So we've, we've determined that out of $10, $1 is going to God. So the next question is, and this is, the, this is what we're talking about today, which dollar? Is it this dollar? Is it this dollar? Is it one of these dollars? I mean, which one is his? As long as he gets a dollar, isn't that okay? No. Not if we're going to do it biblically. The way that I'm just trying to help you, it is the first dollar spent. Okay? So if you got that, then the first fruit, the first portion, whatever that is, whether, you know, hey, we just got blessed. We're going to Donato's for pizza and I'm going to wave at Sean and it's going to be a good day. And then we're going to Jack's for Dairy Queen. It's going to be wonderful. That's okay. But you need to understand whatever money you got, you need to separate in your heart. As soon as that money is broken, that first portion is separated for God. Are you with me? Really important. You're like, oh, Brad, it doesn't matter. It does. God's not legalistic. He's not holding you like if, if Kim and I are, and, and she doesn't know, and, and I, honey, guess what? We, and she didn't, I couldn't get to her to tell her that, and she was at Kroger's, and she bought some food at Kroger's, and oh, we got to take, you're still okay because he's not legalistic, because he's looking at your heart. Say amen to that. I know that sounds churchy, but you need to understand what I'm saying. God is looking for people that will just follow him for this principle and for this kingdom principle 
So if I'm going to put him first, I'm going to put him first in everything. So if I got that money, then I'm going to separate that money. So the first time, if I got money, I will separate it and stick it in another place in my wallet or put it so the next time I come to church, that money's coming in. It's already separated in here. So the rest, listen to me now, that first portion now, that dollar, whatever that first one was, redeems the other nine. It's the same principle we talked about in Genesis. Because when we give God the first portion, then the rest are now covered under that redemption. And the problem we have in the world is we give our first portion redemption to GMAC or Ohio Edison or Columbia Gas or whoever. And they can't redeem that. They don't have the power to do that. Only God has that redemptive power. So when we give God the first portion, he redeems and blesses the rest. I I can't even explain how all of that works all the time, except the fact is it just works. It just works. If one of those bills has a blessing on it and it's the first one, I don't want to give that blessing to anybody else. I want to give it to God and let God bring it back and bless what I'm having. Have you ever had, you know, they got, they got shows on Food Network, you know, remember Rachel Ray in the beginning, $40 a day or whatever, and it was, could you buy all this food and eat three times a day for how much money, you know, and that the whole idea was to take a dollar and basically to stretch it to get the most bang for your buck. Can I say this to you and love you in the process and let you hear it? If you don't understand this principle, then trust me in it and put God first because it will bless and stretch and things will happen and monies will come and opportunities and favor and all kinds of things will happen when you put him first. The tithe must be brought first. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. Regarding your question about money being collected for God's people in Jerusalem, follow the same procedure I gave to the churches in Galatia. On the first day of each week, you should put aside a portion of the money you've earned. Don't wait until I get there and try to collect it all. It's the same. He's just talking about you need to separate it. So whenever that comes in, of course, you know, we live in the, in the age now. Everything's media. You can text to give. My, my family, my wife likes to text to give because it happens immediately. Just like as soon as we get paid, boom, she'll text it. She'll, you know, just because she wants it separated, there's that principle. Or if you wanted to do a check, she would write a check and we would stick it and separate it, just like I told you before. Or if it's cash, that's fine too. You separate it, put it in an envelope. You can take one of these envelopes home and store it and until you come back. I mean, whatever it is, but you make that. And it's amazing when you put God first and your mind and your heart connect and you're like, oh man, I'm putting you first. It will change the way your treasure now starts becoming the kingdom of God. Because in God, the treasure is not money. The treasure are people. He wants, you know, as we are good stewards. Remember when I had the three guys up here? And they were going, I'm going to give each of you $10,000 a month. And, and they got excited. And I said, it's just an illustration. But all I want you to do is send Miss Kim $1,000 every month. Each one of you, just send her $1,000. i am going to get rid of $30,000. Uno, you know, Larry Curly Moe, here they are. And so I, Larry, Larry's given, you know, hey, $1,000 every month. Miss Kim gets it like clockwork. Curly, yeah, yeah, sweetly. He's given $2,000. He, he, Miss Kim, she's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. So 2000 goes. Okay, now you got Shemp or, or Mo. <laughs> boink, boink. He's not doing anything. He's only gave 700 and then he's not. And the whole, the whole illustration was, I'm not going to keep giving Mo any money. 
because he's not being good with what I'm giving him. I'm going to give what I was given Mo. I'm going to give it to Curly. Because Curly's going to give it to Kim. She's going to give it all to Kim. Or he's going to take care of her. So because he's being a good steward, I can trust him. Why? Because I know that more money I give him, more is going out to help kingdom. More is going out to help more people. Whatever I tell Curly to do, he's going to do. See, this is a hard issue. This is the key to, to blessed living. Exodus 13, 14, and 15. <laughs> you remember this story. And they're just telling you all about um, how God has moved. And this is about the Israelites and, and, and the Egyptians. And you remember what they did in that, back in that day. All the, the death angel came. Remember that? And this is Pharaoh hadn't let him go yet. And so the instructions were to take the blood of a sacrificed animal. Come on. And they put it on the doorpost. And the firstborn of the Israelites could go inside that house. And that death angel, if they saw the blood on the doorpost, would pass by. The Egyptians did not do that. Now that blood, they put it on. They, they had instructions on how to put the blood. And when that blood ran down, it ran down in the shape of a cross. Jesus sacrificed so you and I could be redeemed. And, the, and that, that is a, a, an amazing picture of what God is that principle that still is true today. So my kids have asked me at different times. Now here we have firstborn sacrifice, first fruit, and the tithe must be brought first. My kids have said, Dad, man, we give a lot to the church. And you know what? And we, want to, we want to get to the place where we give so much more. Because we want to be like, kind of like Curly, although that's a silly illustration. But we want to be able to help more and more people. My wife, would she just, she was just like, oh, I just want to help them. You know, she just, she would. If she, if, if I give her the green light or there was a way to do it, every one of you in here, if you needed anything, she'd be out there. Okay, I got it. Got it. See, that's what God's looking for a heart like that. He's looking for one that says, you know what? Just trust me. You tell me what to do and I'll do it. You're, I'm going to honor you first. And God sees that and he says, you know what, I can trust them. I said this in one of the first messages in this. Right now we're in week three. I think I said it in week one. And I used to have this attitude. Of course, they give a lot because they have a lot. That was my attitude. They, sure, they can give. They're, yeah. They've got all, he's got all kinds of money. He's loaded. Sure, he can give a lot. He can afford to give. You know what? God changed my attitude. It's not that way. It's they have a lot because they give a lot. They have a lot because they give a lot. There have been times that we've been, I don't even understand everything that always happens. You know, the Bible says we can ask for wisdom through the Spirit, and God can tell us, so he does. <laughs> but I remember, you know, things have been tight at different times. And how many have ever been tight? Ever know what that feels like? You know, woo, that's wonderful, isn't it? No. So um, and Kim came home, and she said, I need you to help me get this out of the car. So I go out in the car, and there was, she bought some big, huge porch light. 
And I'm like, I'm looking at this pretty woman going, why don't we buy this porch light? She goes, I don't know. I just felt like I was supposed to buy it. Now, I want you to hear me out. I, I just have learned, I just said, okay, okay. So she goes, put it down in the basement. So I put it down in the basement, and I remember going down in the basement. Our kids in the basement of the High Point house, they loved that basement. They would rollerblade down in the basement. And, you know, every time I'd be down in that basement, I'd be looking at that goofy porch light. Like, what in the heck do we have the porch light for? But it wasn't too awful long, maybe a couple months or so after we bought it. She, it was on some great sale. She felt proud of the Lord to say, and she got in touch. Somebody had said, what we need is this is what we're believing God for. And wouldn't you know, and I'm wasn't it a porch light? It was, it was that porch light. Now, this is, this is what I'm trying to get to. Living by the kingdom can get really exciting because then it not only brings clarity to why she bought it, but it starts answering other questions and it starts making you excited like God is like, you know, that's my girl. I told her to get that and she said, mm-hmm, okay. And so my man had just said, but my mouth was smart enough to go, But in just a few months, that had found its home. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. She did not say to the person, I got this on sale, and all I need from you is yada, yada, yada. When she heard and that light was the light they wanted, she's like, God wants you to have this. But I, I, it's not mine, it's yours. God told me to get it for you. There should be light bulbs clicking like doing, doing, doing. This is all about saying, God, you know what? You're first in everything I do. I will honor you in everything I do. And then life starts getting exciting. Now, some of you are all like, I'm running to Lowe's. I'm buying me some porch lights. This isn't about that. <laughs> this is just about listening to God, being obedient, honoring him, and putting him first. If you give the first portion to the Lord, it redeems the rest and you, you know, sometimes people ask me, I just don't hear God anymore. And I love you. But maybe something's clouding your ears. Maybe there's too much wax from the world that is not listening to this principle. And if we clear that out, clarity comes. And we start saying, God, you know what? Because you might say, I don't know how I'm going to pay this. According to the word, if I honor him first, he's going to help me with that. So I'm just doing what he tells me. And the other thing is I got to put my hand to it. So then I got to follow his instruction. You can do that. I want you to know we are for you. We're believing God's best for you. I hope if you're sitting here, you don't feel manipulated or I'm not trying to do that. I want you to feel at home to know that all I want you to do is listen to God and do what he says. Okay. Let's bow our heads.